This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Media Explode, Episode 9. I really want to stop, but I just got to taste for it. I feel like I could fly the ball on the moon. So honey, hold my hand. You like making me wait for it. I feel like I could die. Hello, welcome to iFanboy Media Explode, Episode 9. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello, my friends. And this is Media Explode, the show unlocked by our patrons over at patreon.com slash iFanboy. It's the show where we talk about media other than comic books, which is what our regular show is about. We do that every month. And this is actually the last show of the year. It is November, but we are going to fold this show into our year-end all-media roundup which is the show we've been doing every year since we started doing this podcast 15 years ago. And so it would make no sense to have two of the same show in the same month. So we're, we're going to count that one towards this one. Listen, just be thankful we showed up. <laughs> so, <laughs> And who knows what's happened to us between now that we're recording this and the time that you're hearing us. Right. Anything. This could happened. be an in-memoriam deal. So that's dark. And... <laughs> We've been kicking off all these shows with talking about our quarantine streaming. We're actually going to skip that this time because we have a lot, a lot of show. Because listen, I've just run out of things to watch. <laughs> I've run, it's gotten so bad, by the way, that I just. We're, we're, I know we're not talking about quarantine mm -hmm. streaming, but I just wanted to let the both of you know that I watched Fargo season three, episode one. Oh my god! I haven't watched episode That's two yet. The McGregor season. It's yeah. It's the yes. one that Josh has been yelling at me to watch. Right. It's okay. got everyone you love in it, and. Yeah. I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is just... All right, all right settle down there. Settle down. She's just delightful. All right, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> you can see why a man would leave his wife for 20 years. <laughs> oh, God. Wow, all right. <laughs> okay. Awkward. He did it, not me. I know I did it. <laughs> You're celebrating it. Instead of talking about what we're streaming, I'm going to read a quote from Josh. This came into our group Slack chat the other day, and Josh said... I still can't get past the fact that Netflix, Amazon, whatever movies just feel like high-end TV movies. And I wanted to explore that discussion amongst the three of us. Josh, why don't you elaborate? I think it came about when, when you know, if you go to Netflix or whatever, you'll see, oh, their, their new movie has come out. I think we, what was it I had watched? Oh, I watched The Trial of Chicago 7. Right. And the whole time going, this is an amazing cast. This would have been great in the theater. And Connor said, well, it was supposed to be a theater movie. And I was like, yeah, but now that it's not, it feels like a TV movie. And I find that in general, this direct to streaming thing takes the, the, to use Ron's word, pageantry out of it. They all feel like TV movies. And we are getting those sort of mid-level dramas that you don't get in the theater anymore. But there is some of the pizzazz that has been lost from the experience, I think. And I can't think of any of these, 
you know, there's a lot of really sort of big name movies. Like you, got, you have David Fincher is coming out with a movie, Mank, you know, Mank. but it's going it's going straight to Netflix. And this is outside of the idea that like we can't go to movie theaters right now, which is the thing that I uh, respect. And in a little bit, you know, I, who knows what will have changed by the time you hear this. But, you know, Wonder Woman 84 is like it's going to come out in theaters in December. And I was like, that seems optimistic. Well, but it's also going to be streaming because I feel yeah. like they're hedging their bets. But yeah, but I know. But even the, so. Yeah. Like just yeah. the option, like that no one should be doing that. Uh, any, anyway, but the, but the point is like, so when you guys see, uh, you know, like, cause there are now big name actors, big name directors, they're putting movies out uh, that are just going direct to streaming. Even if they are in theater the same day, does that take anything away from you? I guess. Well, let me ask you a question first. How mm-hmm. is it different than a movie that, you know, was in theaters and you watch it later on, on, blu-ray or you watch it on hbo or is it just that because you know it was never in theaters is that what makes it so i'm not yeah. disagreeing with you i'm just trying to figure out where Possibly you're coming to from. a certain extent i mean the other thing is there's at least usually before a movie comes out that you want to see there's some anticipation mm-hmm. so you've seen a trailer and you think, oh i gotta catch that and then if you miss it you're like all right i gotta catch that when it comes like there's something to it and instead now it's just like one day it drops a movie and you're like, oh, there's a new David Fincher movie here that I never thought about or knew anything about. And also that I'm going to forget about completely. Like that's the other part of it because of all the, the glut of all the streaming stuff, like very little sticks with you. So for you psychologically, the fact that it's, it's tied into the larger streaming ecosystem makes it less special. I think it might. And just, you know, the, the experience of it. Well, I'll, I'll, that's that, that. Those I have two two points or two things I want to explore with this. One is how much of a factor is the technology slash presentation aspect of it? You know, i.e., sitting on your couch watching it on your anywhere from thirty inch to eighty inch TV at home. It's fifty. You know, with with I believe Connor's uh, no, no, also I know. Yes. I know just, some people. Some people have bigger. I'm, I'm talking I'm, generally. I'm just, yeah. I'm just maybe maybe having decent to good audio or not versus going to the theater experience, the closed kind of theater. And then the sub bullet to that is what I talk about a lot, which is the distraction factor. Yes. And I think we talked about this. We, yeah. I can't, re- can't remember if we talked about this on previous shows or just like it's in It's all life. one show, Ron. But, it's whether or not people can hear it is another question. I know. That's the <laughs> problem. Whether or not something is recording is irrelevant. <laughs> I have a hard time people saying how they prefer binging, they prefer watching movies at home and blah, 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 because like I enjoyed going to the theaters because mm-hmm. I, it was a distraction-free zone. Yeah, well, I don't mean a, to like point it out to but like you're a distracted dude. Yep. Like so yeah. for me I'm thinking like that experience is probably really special for you. Yeah. Because you know you are you in addition to being very busy you're just very connected. So I could see the appeal we, of that. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean it's 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 also why I'd love Disney World. It's an opportunity to just disconnect from the world and for 2 hours nobody you know like I could I feel safe turning my phone off during the 2 hours to watch a movie whereas if I'm home, you know Family, kids, work, 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 work. Never give your kids your phone number. (laughs) Lose my number, kids. Well, it's very easy for you know my phone to buzz in the middle of a movie, and it's for my sister, and have to pause the movie and go talk to her. And by the time I hang up, my wife is already ready for bed, and then you know, then now that's it. You know, like so. Whereas in a theater, this was the event that you were going to do. Mm -hmm. That's the differentiator for me. Like it's the experience, but. I'm not weighing any quality differences between the movies that are debuting on streaming services versus in the theaters. I don't think that it's a qualitative difference, although I think it leads to that perception, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like it's just where maybe it's just like where the product comes from. Like, if yeah. you know, it's a psychological trigger in his head. He's already thinking of it yeah. as not something that is theatrical. It's not cinematic. It's not on the silver screen anymore. We can all agree, you know, the idea of the TV movie is lesser. And so, I don't know, I guess... It, the HBO movie. Yeah. that I mean, and they make, you know, they do great movies. Yeah, but for, it's... For certain. It's a different product. I remember watching... Yes. I remember watching... What was that tennis movie, the, the Billie Jean King? Yes, the... the, uh, the War the, of the Sexes, Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. that and thinking, this feels like an HBO movie. And I couldn't, like, pinpoint it. It wasn't a good movie. No, but I just... It, like, there's something about it didn't feel theatrical budget was just low enough well so here's a question did you guys see the uh hugh jackman long island school scandal movie yes it was great yes right so was that not a theatrical movie to you TV movie it was, it was an hbo film it was a tv movie right but if you if that was running in the theaters and you saw it in the theaters like i, I see so th- you're making a distinction between what is a tv movie and what is a theater movie but the, connor did you see the battle of the sexes in the theater no so i'm positing that the medium that you were 
watching the film under is influencing your opinion of it. Well, yeah, that's but, why I asked Josh. Yeah. I also think there is a qualitative difference in something that is made for a large screen, which is the reason, for example, why Christopher Nolan, like you want to see those movies in a theater. And I think the further that we get away from making movies for that experience, the more that those movies will objectively change because they're aiming for something different. You know, like does a Transformers type movie play as well? If it's not like an you know an oversized right, spectacle. like I'm not excited about seeing Wonder Woman 84 for the first time on my TV. I've got a really nice TV. Yeah. It's 4K. The picture's beautiful. I have good sound, not great sound, but I have good sound, mm-hmm. better than your average sound. But I'm not excited to see it for the first time that way. I haven't seen Tenant. I haven't rented any of these big blockbuster films on VOD. I'm not excited about that. I, I don't know what to do about Wonder Woman because. There's no guarantee that by the time this is all shakes out, there's a vaccine and everything can goes back to some semblance of normalcy that it, it'll be in a theater. I can't, I can't imagine it will be in, in a year or year's time. So now I have to guess I have to watch it on TV, which is not exciting. Wonder Woman 84 is an interesting one because I was very excited for that after seeing the trailer and the fantastic use of New Order. Yep. And now, given that it's an 80s movie and more likely to have more good music, like I kind of want to see that in a theater environment with a good sound system. Yep. That's completely an assumption based off of the uh, trailer. So who knows? I will say, like, I put a lot of care into my sort of, I want to say mid, mid-level sound system. Sounds good. Movie music, like in the theater, when it's like a really good, like sound, nothing sounds as good as, as music, like from that source. I always think of that, like when I'm trying to think. The only thing that's coming to mind is almost famous, but whatever, like that music is put out there on like the highest resolution on their amazingly balanced speakers and everything. It's just not the same. Like, and also my kids sleep at night. So when I watch a movie, I could crank it, but you know, it would wake everybody up so I can listen to it within reason. But again, it's, it's just, you know, then you're halfway through it and the dog walks up and just stares at me cause she needs to go pee. I can stop at any time. You know what I mean? Like you can't stop the movie. Knowing you can stop, it, it it means you can stop. It means yeah. you will, it will stop. And you you can look to the person next to you and go, "What's that guy from? What was he in? Right. Well, let's look. It's driving us crazy. We got to look." Yep. All of that stuff mixed together, like if you know it's coming to your house, like you never had a chance to see it like that. It's always going to be just sort of a, a really well done TV show, which isn't to say. That's bad. I'd say, you know, like uh, TV over the past 10, 15 years has made probably more impact on me than cinema has, you know, in terms of like experiences. But it's it's not the same. It's a different level for me. It's the, it's uh, to go to talk in music parlance, you know, since we're going in that direction, mm-hmm. the different, you know, like like I enjoy seeing bands live. I don't really enjoy that much watching live performances on TV. I'd rather right. listen to the album. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that, that sort of thing. So like you know, a movie like like I'm glad I saw Lord of the Rings on the big screen. I'm glad mm-hmm. I saw Star Wars in the big screen. I'm glad like I I made I made an effort in my life to see the movies that I only saw on TV when they were in the theaters to go see them in the theaters for that experience. I think that experience is so much of it. I don't think. I you know I don't agree with you guys with the a TV movie versus movie movie. I really think it, it like you could take that bad education Hugh Jackman movie from HBO and go see it in the theater and walk and be like oh that was a good movie because you saw it in that environment. Yeah, you could, but at the yeah. same time, that's not a. It, it it wasn't made for a big screen. Yeah, they're shot differently. They just they just yeah. are. The directors don't yeah. shoot it, stuff for small screens the way they shoot for big screens. They just it, like there are there are certain movies that. You don't like you, you think, oh, I need to see that in the theater. And then there's other ones that it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'll just catch that at home sometime or whatever. Again, it doesn't mean they're good, but it's a different thing. But the thing is, the thing that you're not excited to see about in the theater, maybe this is it. You're less excited to see. There's a movie that you that you see a trailer for, you see this coming, and you go, I, I want to see that in the theater. If it never goes to the theater or you never have a chance to see it, like you don't get that excitement for it. Maybe that's part of what we're talking about me it's interesting i mean there's also another aspect of this which i don't want to get into but because it's all subjective but i feel like a lot of these movies in which the streaming service and it's mostly netflix says to big names filmmakers you know you've got carte blanche to do what you want i feel like a lot of some of these movies could use a path another pass on the script or you could use a few point. studio notes i love that connor is uh, advocating for more studio notes because it's not always the bad thing <laughs> 
I know. All right, Robert, I, I, all, right, I understand. Ro- all right, Robert Evans. A friend of ours who works at a streaming service is a big cinephile. He's always complaining that the straight to streaming movies that, that big filmmakers make, for the most part, not like Roma, but they're not fully baked sometimes. Well, the, I mean, it's not, in a way, there's not as much risk. Like, first of all, they don't promote them the way that a movie studio promotes them. So there isn't, you know, all of that extra stuff running on them. They're not making prints and sending them out to a bunch of theater. Like, there's just more riding on the other thing. Mm-hmm. And so you're more careful about it. And that can go either way. There's, there's you know, every uh, DC superhero movie, you know. Is, yeah, I'm not saying every, every studio knows right, great. No, but, but I'm but, saying, I just feel like some of these are just, you know. But also just the, the idea that, like, every day I can go and I can turn on Netflix and there are, since the night before that I went to bed, there are 87 more things to watch that weren't there the day before. And mashed in there is some movie that I might have been really excited about to see in the theater if I'd seen a trailer and knew it was coming. But now it's just like, oh, there's a new episode of The Queen's Gambit on The Crown was there. And, oh, you know, so-and-so did a movie. And, and it's just like, it's, that, that's just, my it's just all a glut. That's my biggest concern was at least when with the theatrical system was in place and not falling apart, it, it was it was kind you know every Friday's new releases. I can look to see what is coming out today, even even on the streaming services. Now I see, you know Connor you know, for those yeah. of you at home, it's just <laughs> it, it is just a steady stream of links from Connor on a daily basis, which I love and I value so much. But he you know I get so many trailers thrown in my face by Connor TV and. Now I'm like, oh, did that come out? Did I miss it? Where do I watch it? Like it doesn't like well, I, like I, I my, can't I'm watch fearful it when that I'm missing it sometimes, things. and then I just it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Like oh, I can't watch this right now. I'm in a meeting, and then oh. I don't. You know, I send them as fleets. <laughs> is that on fleet? I don't know what a fleet is. Yeah, I it's, think it's, you do. Uh, you do. I feel like yeah. Josh. This is a great segue into your next segment mm-hmm. because there is a lot out there, a lot of content, and there's a lot of streaming services. So now we can all grouch about this as much as possible or whatever, but the fact is the main conduit for us, uh, Connor, how much broadcast is still left in your, in your life? 80%. Yeah. I think 90%. Let's pretend that's not true though. You know, for myself, I know for, for Ron, for a lot of people, pretty much the streaming services are the way that stuff comes in and the way that you pretty, you know, cause we don't have movies anymore. We can't go to shows. We can't do whatever. It's, it's kind of that you're not going down to the blockbuster. So, I started thinking, what? Okay, I started with this. If you could only have one streaming service as your thing to watch, like you have an Apple TV or an Android TV and it is blank and you can only put one streaming one. service. Wow. Whoa, we went from five to no, one. I, wait, I, lo- I love gonna this, go, by the way. I love this, by the way. We're going to go three deep. Thunderdome. Yeah. We're going to go three deep. So you're going to get your first one. We're going to go around. Then you get your second one. We'll go around and your third one. Okay. I love this. Interesting. So this is not the question I thought we were getting. So this is a totally different mindset. Here we are. Which I love. You got Connor on his heels. I yeah. love it. Josh, bravo. I am, I am tipping my hat to you, sir. No problem. Can I go first? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So you can only... Okay, so just to give everyone context, when Josh aired this to everyone, I scoffed and I was like, I'm not sure there's a conversation here. You know, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have a lot of duplicates and all this stuff like that. I don't and think then I, so. And then I counted my streaming service apps. Yeah. And I have over 14 apps on my phone and my Android TV. How many do you use, though? I use a lot of them. I use many of them. Can you name them all? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. In in musical musical form. Yeah, in rhyme. (laughs) Netflix and Roku Uh, and Hulu and... (laughs) Do it like Hamilton. If I had to pick one, right now it would be Disney+. Plus. I I knew you were going to say that. Who was surprised? Yeah. But, But here's the thing. Because I'm on a steady... 12-hour rotation of Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which is a 22-minute animated short about Olaf trying to find traditions at Christmas for Anna and Elsa because my kids will kill me if I turn it off. So... (laughs) I I wonder if for the purposes of this exercise... If that we should make this be about, about ourselves. What it is you would like to watch. (laughs) Because I I know what you're saying. You're just in a vacuum. Okay, so if, if if I'm doing it just me in a vacuum, I would probably... I'd probably still go Disney Plus because um, since since it's come out, <laughs> it's, since it's come out, I there has been regularly something that I've been watching week in week out, new episode coming out that has had me as well as a great a great uh, a library and catalog of stuff to watch. Like there's always something there's always something to put on for me and the kids. So I would say that. Wait, wait, what's okay? Like I know everybody's watching The Mandalorian, and it's it's you yeah. know if. 
if that's all you're first of all, Disney Plus is not on my list. If it was, I would get it one month a year and watch the couple of shows that I watch and then come back later. That's the thing I would do. So what series are you watching with regularity that there's always something? Well, right now I'm watching both Mando and The Right Stuff. As am I. I think Right Stuff Um, is great. uh, But uh, for the past couple of weeks, I've been enjoying um, National Geographic's Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is focusing on all the animals in Animal Kingdom. A movie that was produced by a good friend, Ben Simpson, came out called Clouds that is supposed to be very good that I haven't watched yet. Um, It's a TV movie. uh, No, it's a movie. It was a movie movie. Sure it is. It got, uh, don't get into that. Who's in first? All the Marvel movies are there. So that you, wait, you work at Marvel. Many of the Marvel movies. <laughs> you work at Marvel, and you think oh, I'm going to go home and wind down. It's time for Iron Man two. No, no, because <laughs> that's what you're saying. I'm just no, no. I'm not saying that. But I'm, I'm trying to pull up. Uh, no, I don't want you to sell it to me. I want to know why you like it. Because every, because you're selling it to me. Because honestly, there is all the stuff on there that is like uh, from a regular basis in the year since it's been out, I've probably opened it up and watched something on it myself at least one or two times a week, right? Which given the the low amount of TV that I am watching these days, the the way I'm looking at this is based off use. So when you go back, because you've been saying like, I don't have anything to watch because there's so much of stuff, but nothing just like, is that where you would go to just like kick something off? I was watching prop culture. I was watching uh, the Imagineering story. I was watching, you know, like really like Disney. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that? (laughs) They put up a whole bunch of, um, I'm trying to pull up my watch list. Where is it? Um, They put up a whole bunch of archival like there's the pre-opening report from Disneyland, uh, 1955 TV special, an hour special of Walt Disney telling people what Disneyland is going to be. A whole bunch of documentaries. Is they the, the documentary about the Sherman Brothers and Frank and Ollie, and um, they just okay, came out okay. with Glenn Howard. I get the thing. There so, was a fun reality show or whatever competition show called Be Our Chef, where right. families went to the uh, okay. Walt Disney right. World and, I, I and get it. were so cooking against each other. Is, you're saying is, and I want to just confirm this, is that if you could have one streaming service, like for a year, that's what you would go with. Just an right all now, Disney yeah. smorgasbord of like, at the end, you would know everything about the parks. Right now, yeah, that's it. Fair enough. He already knows everything about the parks. I know. <laughs> As part of this scenario, do I have other TV? Is this the only thing I have? Let's just say it's just this. This is your, this is your source. So this is all I have for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Then HBO Max. That's easy. That's, 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 a good, that's a good pick. That's, that's my answer, too. Yeah. That's kind of... It's not a competition. That's HBO Max. You've got great films. Got all the series are on there. You just watch Band of Brothers. I mean, those are the best shows yeah. and have been the for best about shows. 20 years. And a full slate of great films. And they've got the somewhat limited TCM section with classic TCM. films. They have some yeah. DC section. They have a bunch of different things going on. It's, as maligned as it may be and as strange as their strategy for what they keep on there is what it is, it still has a really wide variety of yeah. shows on there that I want to watch, shows and films. I had a friend of mine the other day say, I miss having HBO, but I'm not going to pay 15 bucks for that. And I was like, you out of your mind? HBO is the only reason I've had cable at any point over the past 15 years so that I could have HBO. Like those are consistently probably the best television series, I think. And then on top of that, you add, you know, if you really want like current in a backlog of movies, it's pretty good. TCM to me, I, I switched from HBO go to HBO max and I got all that TCM stuff. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> Didn't they force you to do that? No, not quite yet. I hadn't gotten there. I had the most basic cable package. So I had like 10 stations and HBO. And then when basically like my bill went from like 85 to 114 because the, the two year period ended, I just stopped completely because I finally got my wife to realize we didn't need local news that she didn't watch. It's funny, though, because I haven't thought about it, about where it fits on my list. But like I did consider YouTube TV, which is a streaming service, but it's basically so I can record Jeopardy off the local Channel 7 channel station and so I can watch Mets games and things like that. Like, it's basically cable, but without the cable box. And I'm I'm discounting it because it's not it's a DVR functionality, but it is linear TV. Like, I, it, you know, there is stuff on demand, but, like, I can't watch something until it's been on already. Like, it's basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically on-demand DVR. So I, I took that. But that's just a release date. I t- yeah, I took that off my options, though, because I felt like when we talk about streaming service, it's more like on-demand, watch yeah. whatever you want, whenever the you library. want. Right. Yeah. What is the cost structure on that? 
it used to be great and now it's awful. Um, I feel like it was really expensive. Yeah, no, no, it is now. It is really expensive, and honestly, I really should get rid of it and and not get it until the baseball starts up again. But the thing is, I like I I like having. I should just get an HD antenna. I have a lot of infrastructure in my life. I need to adjust. You know what? um, I bought an HD antenna in New York when I was there, and it was beautiful. They're glorious. They're the best signal. it's twenty dollars better than the cable. It's twenty dollars and it's glorious. It's, but anyway, I tried it's to do that when I moved here. Unadulterated signal right into your yeah. TV. Yeah, I but, tried to do that when I got here, and it's too hilly. But New York City was beautiful. Yeah, when it came out, it was like thirty bucks a month, and it was like great, cool, much cheaper than cable. And then they've slowly made more and more deals and added more and more channels that I do not want. And it just now, acts like cable. And now I think it's like sixty-eight a month or something like that, and it's like it's 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 bad. And uh, you know, and I I wrote a very strongly worded tweet, and I, <laughs> and, and I said, "Listen, YouTube slash Google, like you of all people, like give me options. Let me choose, like pick five channels and pay five bucks or whatever it is. Like, where's the innovative approach to this? But it just shows the stranglehold that old media has on the distribution infrastructure. I keep saying infrastructure on the distribution models of the world that still are there. Like they haven't, if we still haven't completely broken down the Viacom channel lock that, Oh, you want this channel? You you need to get all 10 of these channels and therefore you need to, we're going to charge you X. And it's like, God damn it. But that said, cable. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that like, what's also interesting is that like, I'm I'm in a point now where I just the commercials are not in my life. I have no, you know, like, yeah. and so the ability to fast forward through commercials or watch through YouTube, where I get no commercial, like I don't watch commercials on YouTube because I have YouTube Premium because it comes with YouTube TV. You know, we like to watch HD TV every once in a while. HGTV has a streaming app. I could download that and use it, but they have those forced in commercials you can't skip. So it's like you're paying no matter what. Yeah, that's how the show gets made, Ron. They, it's someone true, has to pay I know. for it. Someone somewhere <laughs> has to pay for the show. No, and I'm not and I'm not debating that. I'm not, I'm I'm all for it. Trust me. I mean, you 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 guys both know how much, you know, of my income is driven by advertising and like it's important, but I don't want to watch it. So given an option where I would rather pay a little and not have com- and have a commercial free experience, I'm sure. happy to do that. That's my I, point. I, I when I moved from I want to say it was 9 bucks a month for Hulu to like 12 bucks for commercial free or whatever it was five or six bucks more i i've never regretted that decision like i can't even imagine going back to it would be terrible which is why i don't ever watch peacock that said i like peacock but even though there's nothing on it to watch but i like the idea I, I, I like the idea of it too but i don't even know how to integrate that so there might be something yeah. great on there but i couldn't tell you yeah well we're that's gonna be one of my later picks so we should are we really so, all should right we move on to round two or yeah let's move on to round two uh i'll be quick in round two Okay, why don't you go ahead? We'll do Ren Robin for now. HBO Max. <laughs> All right. And I believe we covered those reasons. Yes, correct. Fair enough. Connor? CBS All Access. It's a good one. Soon good to pick. be the Paramount Plus or whatever the fuck they're calling it. What's funny is that I got Showtime and with it, I got CBS. Yeah. Oh my God. Welcome to the club. I know, but I haven't watched it because again, I just wanted to watch some shows on Showtime. So it's there, but I can't. It's like I, I got Hulu and I got ESPN with it. Or I got a Disney Hulu with the ESPN. I'm like, I don't, okay, I like those things, but I'm not going to watch it. Really? Okay. So anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to. No, no. So that's, could, I mean, could I count the Showtime CBS thing as a as a package? You could get that and then have them both. Showtime doesn't have a standalone app. It just has Showtime anywhere, which you get with other. Like, I got mine through Apple, and it was ten bucks a month, and I got Showtime and CBS. I didn't even know I got CBS. I just had it one day. I was like, where'd this come from? And I never hmm. realized. It's not like HBO Max's version of Showtime. It's just it's the streaming mm-hmm. network that you get. For every channel has, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, basically, it's just for like three shows. But I love those shows. It's uh, Picard. Is the Good Fight still on? The Good Fight, Picard, and I'll eventually get back to Discovery. I just have no time. It's Discovery, uh, Connor. Discovery. Oh, I know. Is Everyone's quite good. telling me season three. I just need to get back. It's I just really good. Out. Yeah. You um, must really like those shows. Well, I don't watch a lot of shows on streaming, so there's those right. those are three that I, that I watch. And here's the thing about CBS All Access. It's a horrible name, and I, it's eh. hard to get behind this. It's going away. And it's going away. It is. And, and by the way, that's why it's not on my list, because it's in transition. It's something that I, I do enjoy. But they, they do have quite, uh, you know, they have a decent, decent library oh they've got a great library and they've got all the old star trek stuff they have that documentary console wars about nintendo versus sega like they started to do some interesting stuff they have all of cbs's library and they have paramount's films like it's it's not nothing i had no idea that the guy from silicon valley was now in a cbs sitcom yeah it's one of those shows that is basically a movie pitch that they're somehow doing a tv show of it's just stupid middle ditch yeah yeah middle ditch i can't say i'm gonna seek out stuff with him 
<laughs> like I, I can't think of it like, man, you know what? I want more of that Josh, guy from that show. You're not your second choice? Amazon Prime. Okay. You're sort of three original ones where you're Netflix, your Amazon, and your Hulu. Mm-hmm. And based on those, the kinds of things that I've enjoyed the most and also sort of the catalog that when I go through, I think a lot of stuff I want to watch or whatever the shows that are on there. I think Amazon is the one that I go to the most. It's the one that I've been watching the most lately for whatever reason. Most most of the shows I've been getting through there. And it's also not quite so much that I'm paralyzed. I find Netflix to be paralyzingly full. It's just... No, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah, I agree. It's way too much. You can't yeah. really make choices. I remember years ago coming up with my DVD queue and it got kind of big and I was like this is funny and then they moved to streaming and it got ridiculous and then one day I just took everything out of it I was like this isn't helping me it just makes me feel like I have homework that I'm never going to get to so yeah the other thing that Amazon has right now is they just have a shit ton of music docs like older ones and sort of and a bunch of punk rock docs and just kind of an impressive you know but uh, you know I've, I've been watching the Americans for a while they've had some good series they had Mrs. Maisel they've had Jack Ryan they've had the boys, uh, some series I've really liked and enjoyed. So that's probably the one that I would keep. Plus I don't even think about paying for it cause I just got it for the shipping and that showed up. Yeah. So well, that, yeah, that was my good. question originally. I thought it was gonna be about what do we want to keep paying for? And so many yeah. of them are just like add ons. Well, you know, at this point though, like I would consider it as like, I consider that part of the thing. Originally I just kind of had it and I sort of took it for granted, but now it's probably the, you know, I'm paying for prime for the shipping. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 100%. The TV is yeah. like a nice bonus. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. So third choice, Ron? That's Yeah, we're on third. Third so, and final choice. You're only, these are only three you get. Third and final choice. Totally free. Not have done to pay a cent for it. Pluto TV. That's your third choice. It's my third oh. choice. What is Pluto TV? So Pluto TV is a fascinating collection of free content. Yes, there are some ads in there. You can't avoid all the ads. It is ad supported. But they have built together a shit ton of nonlinear – I'm sorry, of linear channels. And you can literally turn it on and find something to watch at any time of day. The reason I am watching it is because they've recently launched a dedicated channel to 24 hours of Beverly Hills 90210. (laughs) But I had been watching it for years because they also have a channel that I used to get on my HD antenna in San Francisco that I adore called Buzzer, B-U-Z-Z-R, which airs old game shows from the 70s and 80s. And so at any time, I can pop on and watch a match game or uh, anything like that. So wait, it's, is it, it always puts a smile on my face. Is it not on demand? It's just, these are channels that run and you just sort of... They are streaming channels that just run in a loop. So it's like old TV, but you're just... It, no, like literally, it looks like the guide from Comcast and you pick yes. your show and it goes to that. Yep, yes. exactly. And, and it's the model that... And I'm pretty sure NBC Universal either bought them or invested heavily in them because when Peacock launched, oh, yeah. a third of Peacock was the same thing where like, here's just a channel of animals and here's a channel, whatever. And what's funny is that Pluto used to be, it was like a whole bunch of like public domain stuff and just like really obscure, like grindhouse films and all this stuff. But as the years have gone on, they've added like MTV. There's actual music videos on this. They've added like channels you recognize and it's, it's totally free. It's totally free. And um, it's not much in the way of commercials. It's not, not like no, it's not broadcast. much. And what's what's really funny and what what baffles my wife is that they they clearly don't have. I mean, you know, the media landscape as it is, they, they there's a commercial break, and you might see a commercial, but then you sit there for a minute with the Pluto TV standby. We'll be right back because they haven't sold all the ad slots. Mm-hmm. And they don't have remnant inventory. Well, I, I noticed that when I was watching, um, like the debate stuff and the election stuff on Peacock, like they just have kept having in house ads. And I was like, they haven't sold anything for this. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Pluto TV is great. I've been using it since, you know, for at least for a couple of years since it, since they had Buzzer. Um, and then the addition of 90210 just knocked, uh, hit, knocked it out of the park for me. So there you go. There it is. Josh, your final choice. Apple TV Plus. Uh, no surprise there. Not a ton of content, but really a good three, four, five shows that I have absolutely loved. The first thing that came out when they launched was For All Mankind, which was sort of fiction swerve on the space race. And I really does by the guys at Battlestar Galactica. Then we went into Mythic Quest and then Ted Lasso and Long Way Up. Like it just, uh, you know, some shows that then they, they do on a weekly basis. So, you know, on Friday I got to wait for the new episode 
Um, I've just really enjoyed that. And it for me, it was free. But if it's five dollars, I keep telling everybody when we were talking when we were talking about Ted Lasso. But I'll tell people like just pay for it for one month for the five bucks that you go, you know, that you want. But in terms of like quality over quantity, I've really enjoyed that. Probably the most out of all of them. So, Ron, your three were Disney Plus and what and what HBO, HBO Max, Max, HBO Max, and Pluto, and Josh, yours were HBO Max, Prime, and Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. Mine's HBO Max, CBS. I totally forgot about Apple TV Plus. I was going to go with another one, but I think I might have to go with Apple TV Plus. I was going to go with Prime, but. Prime is a good choice, but Prime does. I mean, and and we discounted the kids, and and as I've mentioned, Amazon Prime is my source for Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Prime, like, I'm not inspired to go. Hey, it's the same problem as Netflix, right? There's so much content there. I, and it's I don't so think you're hard. wrong about that, but there's like less stuff, so it's easier to run into stuff you like or know. That's, no, that no, was but my even luck. then, I but I'm never I'm never motivated to let me let me open up Amazon and see what's on it. You know what I mean? At least you know, like I, I I'm trying to think about like the pecking order of like not only. What do I consume on the most? But what do I open the most? What do I use? And when I think, oh, I want to watch something, what should I? What do I open up? Apparently, it's Disney Plus. It is, um, but but rarely is it Amazon unless I'm pointedly going. No, Amazon is like a specific thing. Expanse. Forgot about that. Yeah, Fleabag. that's good, but that's recent. But that's recent. So I know, but I'm saying like there's a lot of like a lot of the shows on there are ones that I don't want to miss when they go forward. I would noodle around in there more back before they took Ken Burns off and put it back on his own thing. I'm also a PBS member, so yeah, I Yeah, so am I. Although they're not there. The other day yeah, I was like, I want to watch baseball. He's been quarantined off into his own one. Yeah. Not cool. I would pay for that one. PBS is one of my 14 apps. Yes, it's mine, mine too. too. Hulu's on there. I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of streaming apps. <laughs> I mean, like, like most of the others, like I have a couple of things that, like, I feel like sometimes I have Hulu just for Fargo. And then Lindsay just watches This Is Us on there, and that's kind of what we use that for. That's the one I watch by the least by far. Yeah. I, I only watch it when something doesn't record on my DVR back and by accident that I go watch on Hulu. That's why I have Hulu, because I don't have cable, so I just can get that whatever I want there the next day or something like that. Now we are at the end of November. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the United States. And we're heading into December for Christmas. We're not going to have a December show like we said at the top. Otherwise, we've had this discussion then. So we're going to have it now. Ron and I are huge fans of Christmas films. That's basically all I watch in December. So we thought we would talk about our favorites, what are our top five all time. <laughs> that makes Christmas the streaming movies. question one twelfth easier. It does, sure does. Before we get into this, I know there's the debate, and it's the tired trope now of Let's you know, not. like is it a Christmas movie or not? Or how I like to say it is that like you've got movies that are about Christmas, or there are movies that take place during Christmas, right. and there's two very big distinctions. I wanted to posit and throw to you guys a third category. Not that we need to include it in this list, but just something to think about this year. There are movies that are about Christmas. There are movies that take place during Christmas, and then there are movies you watch at Christmas. I'm going to go ahead and say, this is not my show, so whatever. I think that you should include whatever yes, you consider you to be want. a Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, make your own rules. No, no, but I just, I just, I, I, that, that kind so of dawned Goodfellas. on me this year. That's what that last one is. Well, it's funny because that's what my wife said. And I said, hey, listen, Goodfellas has got a pretty impactful Christmas scene in it. <laughs> I'm, so, not, I'm not disagreeing. It's, it's the first thing I thought of. Listen, life so, is so hard. I, make your own I list. would say good fe- life, <laughs> life is hard. Goodfellas is, is as much of a Christmas movie as The Godfather. Karen, I got the biggest tree they had. <laughs> anyway, um, Connor, I, I, I would just like another point of clarification yeah, before sure. we get into this. Yeah. Is this required meant to be a theatrical 90-minute-plus film, or do you also include no, specials? Listen, go nuts. It's okay, Christmas. Great. In the spirit okay. of the holidays, there are no Let's rules. Let's imagine it's, it's all one big wall of DVDs, and you have to pick one out. Got it. A five out. So these are your right? top five. Okay. Not the only five. This is not like the last question. This is your top favorite. Okay. And are we um, doing five to one or one to five? Uh, five, five to one. More exciting okay. that way. Okay. So should we knock Josh out of this for first? I don't Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. You have no opinions? You're going to sit back and I take mean, a sip of water? I can give you like a handful of, of sure. them, but I, I don't care. All right. Go for it. What are your handful? Okay, so let's knock the guy out who doesn't care first. Let's hear Josh's. All right, go for it. Love Actually. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. I have added this because of you guys. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. That might be it. So those are your All top right. three. Top three. Those are the ones I own oh, a Christmas story. I watch those fairly regularly each year. All right. Ron, why don't you do your top five? Okay, so from five to one, I would have to say uh, "Twas the Night Before Christmas." I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It is. I could an- add "Elf" to just make it five. So yeah. there. Yes, "Twas the Night Before Christmas," nineteen seventy-four half-hour anim- animated special about the mouse. About a, a man and a mouse. That was a great one. Uh, directed by Rankin and Bass, starring yeah. Joel Gray. And basically it's about a town where Santa isn't coming and a clockmaker tries to fix it. And the clockmaker has mice that live in his house. And turns out the son of the mouse wrote a nasty or a letter to the paper about Santa. And so Santa decided not to come there. And so they have to fix it. And it's wonderful. And then it ends with the Twas Night Before Christmas poem. And it's delightful. It's got a great song that just stays in your head all through the holiday. I love that holiday. movie. Or whatever yeah, the special. I love that special. Yeah. It's great. It's a great special. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Love it. It's that classic so, that classic period animation from that time. Yeah. It has such a specific feeling to it. Yeah. See, this is a tough topic because Josh rattled off a bunch of my favorite films. They don't even make my top five. Like, I could get them in the, in the top ten, maybe. So number four would be, which I know is going to be on Connor's list, uh, Scrooged. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, classic Bill Murray. I assume that's Connor's number two. We'll we'll find out. I'm just putting it there. Listen. I'm not Um, not telling you. I'm just putting that there now. We get to it later. Yeah. Uh, Number three is, you know, and thanks to PBS for saving the day for everybody, but uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. Classic must have, you know. Okay, you know, Apple made that possible, just saying. Well, well they, yeah, because they, they got themselves in hot water once already, so. Fucking Apple. It's a PR mess they had to fix. <laughs> it's just a bad mess. And and I, I will I will give them, I will tip the hat, though. The going to PBS was the bet was, like, well done. Smaller <laughs> move. Yeah, it was. It really was. So Charlie Brown Christmas, you all know it. You all love it. That's fine. Number two is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Also Rankin-Bass, stop-motion animation. Fantastic. And then number one is, no surprise, is uh, It's a Wonderful Life, the greatest Christmas film of all time. So... Mine is all actual theatrical films. Of course. I go through a lot of specials. But, it, you know, the thing is I have... Well, these are the things I, that I must watch at the sure. holidays, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It was actually really hard to make this list. I had a really hard I time bet. with it. I struggled with it. I have a stack of Christmas DVDs that I, have, that I plow through, and there's at least 10 or 15 or 12 in there. So you're not going to see A Christmas Story, even though I love that film. You're not going to see Elf. You're not going to see Miracle on 34th Street. You're not going to see White Christmas... Home Alone. I love all those movies. They're all in the, in the stack. For number five, you're going to see National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, I can't swim, Connor. <laughs> I know. I know, Josh. <laughs> I saw it in the theaters when it came out. I, I love it now just as much as I did then. It's the last hurrah for that family, even though they made more films. It's the last like good vacation film, and it's terrific. Everyone in that movie is great. Mm-hmm. My list is actually very similar to Josh's. Number four is Love Actually. I love Love Actually. It captures the bittersweet nature of the holidays really well it can be really fun and exciting and happy and love-filled it can also be really sad and lonely and it it runs the gamut if it was just bill nye in that i might even put it on the list (laughs) i mean the rest of it's fine and great or whatever but you know it's it's very sweet for me it's it's the most emotionally true because it it, it, it allows for sadness into the holidays yeah three is scrooged love scrooged josh was close josh was close i almost said one and then i thought no it's not gonna be that and it was hard. Listen, the top three could all be number one, and I really struggled with it. I was literally just talking about a scene from Scrooge the other day, and I started tearing up. I love that movie so much. And then number two, this was hard. It's a Wonderful Life at number two. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's hard because it's in my top ten films of all time. It might be in the top five of all time. But on the Christmas list, which is a very different list, it's number two. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It warms your heart. It's a great performance from everybody in that movie. Number one, it's very specific to me and my family. It's Holiday Inn. It's the uh, Bing Crosby, (laughs) Fred Astaire classic. And what people don't realize is that the Kilpatrick family love a good blackface scene. It has a blackface scene, and it's unfortunate. Actually, the first time I saw it, I remember seeing it was in a film class in junior high school, which led to the discussion about blackface history, blackface, and all. And so it was actually a very good teachable moment. It's a movie we always watched as a kid. It introduced White Christmas to the world. It's terrific. Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. I adore it. It finally came out on Blu-ray, by the way, a couple years ago, which was great. 
It's my favorite all-time Christmas movie, even if it's not in my top ten all-time movies like It's a Wonderful Life is. It's just a very different... Interesting. It's a different thing, you know? So how do you feel? I, I'm fascinated by the relationship between Holiday... I do enjoy Holiday Inn as well, although it's interesting because that is a movie about all holidays, not just Christmas. Yeah, but, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you feel about the relationship between that and White Christmas? Because <laughs> it's, it's fascinating because, like... The set is the same. Oh, it's almost a remake. I mean, I like yeah. I like White Christmas quite a bit. I, it's on my list. It's a, one of the films I watch on my it's in my Blu-ray stack. The ArcLight here in LA, you know, does did uh, Christmas movies, you know, during December, old ones, and you can go watch them. And I went to see about Christmas on the big screen. It was great, but it's basically a weird remake, not plot wise, but thematically. And you know, Bing Crosby is in his fifties. It's not as quite as vibrant as as a younger in his 40s or late 30s. I, I do love the general, though. The, what do you do with the general? <laughs> yeah, it's the same set. I think I think it is the same set. I don't know if it's the exact same set, but it is a very similar set as Holiday Inn. Like, it is of the inn, the two, the two inns. Sure it might, so. might be the same set. So who's the other guy in White Christmas? I can't remember his name. It's, um, who's the other guy it's in White Christmas? It's not Eddie Fisher. Danny Kay. Danny Kay, that's what it is. He's fantastic. He's delightful. They wanted Fred Astaire to come out of retirement, which he was in the middle of one of his retirements. He obviously eventually came out of it. They wanted him to come out of retirement to do it. He, he said he's too old to do this. He was right. I think it was within, was Donald O'Connor. Danny Kay, Danny Kay was great. Danny and, Kay and, is and, it, it, and I know we're... Vera Allen and Rosemary Clooney. Yeah, I know I'm turning this in from Holiday into being about White Christmas, but it has one of our favorite winter songs, Snow. Snow. Uh, which is fantastic. I wash my hair in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> just so the white christmas is number six on my six to ten it's a great list. film can i do six to ten sure white christmas national lampoon christmas vacation elf nightmare before christmas and then the muppet christmas carol hmm. that's my six to ten that last grinch movie that came out last year was pretty good it's not on the list i just was looking when i went through and i know we talked about how we wouldn't judge but i was looking at a lot of lists as we were talking about this and i saw planes trains and automobiles in a lot of christmas it's a thanksgiving lists, movie. and i say yeah yeah i was like no we're not yeah, buying that. Get for that's ridiculous that's a thanksgiving movie well that's like the, the argument about nightmare for christmas is that is it a halloween movie or a christmas movie and i argue it's a christmas movie with halloween themes or halloween mm-hmm. tone mm-hmm. but it's still a christmas movie firmly planted in christmas yeah gremlins and that's the thing and like and and i know we said don't do it or whatever but like i just you know like i you know yes you know lethal weapon die hard all this sort of stuff they're not christmas they're movies not christmas like there's they yeah, take place they, during Christmas. They take place during Christmas. They're not they aren't about the spirit Christmas. of the holiday, which is what... Now, I will is. say... Are they I, things that you watch during that time, though? No. Because no. it gives you that nope. feeling? Nope. So, nope. so Gremlins would be like one like that. Nope. No. Nope. Well, no, I mean, I'm saying that's like those. Yes, it could be. Yeah, Gremlins takes place during Christmas. It's not about Iron Christmas. Iron Man 3 is not a Christmas movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is not a Christmas movie. I thought that you guys were being more open, and what you've done is you've shut the doors. Yeah, yeah. We gave lip service to openness, and then we came in okay. and shut it down. That's. I just want to make sure that I didn't yeah, miss yeah. that, because I, no, I was in a right. completely different place a few minutes ago, and now I feel attacked and threatened, and yeah, before I felt open. I will say that, you loyal listeners out there, if you're looking for a new or something more recent Christmas adventure to go on, I would recommend on Netflix, what is it, The Santa Chronicles? With Kurt Russell? With Kurt Russell. Or oh, The Christmas Chronicles, I There's think. There's a sequel it's, coming Christmas- this year. Is there a sequel coming this year? Yeah, with Goldie Hawn with an expanded yes. role. The Christmas Chronicles. That was a surprisingly delightful film. Well, Kurt Russell's always great. So yeah, Kurt Russell's great, and it was surprisingly fun. It was it, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's you know produced by Chris Columbus, right? So it's it's got a lot of that in its DNA. You know, it's barely an hour and a half. You know, you know, take Josh, watch it with the boys. Like it's, it's, you know, it's got a little bit of the, you know, despite it has Oliver Hudson, but we won't hold it against that. Um, but it, uh, you know, it's, it's. It, <laughs> if you're it's, at home listening to this, by the way, I have no idea what he's talking about most of the time either. Just, <laughs> so we're. It's a fun kind of kid-based adventure romp around Santa Claus, which is just fun. So I, I, I recommend it. And now, Connor, I'm excited for the sequel, which I didn't know was happening. I got the email from Netflix about it. Oh, it comes out November 25th, 2020. In fact, is it already out by the time the show is out? Yes. I think it is, yeah. Hopefully next show I'll be... It's 10 minutes longer than the first movie, so that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are our top five Christmas films. We're excited oh to get God, into Oh, my God, you know who's you know who's in the Christmas Chronicles, too? Who? Darlene Love. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. I'm totally watching this. Let's open up the mailbag. Oh, my favorite part. We'll see how many we get to. Andrew B. writes and says, 
I'm kind of blending the main show and the media explode show here, but I've been thinking of this ever since vinyl became popular again. This is another vinyl email question. We really touched a nerve. Andrew says, you, uh, you often qualify a crummy patron power by saying a power could be a blessing or a curse. So I'm wondering if the following is a blessing or a curse. I cannot hear the difference in quality between most pristine vinyl pressings and an MP3 file. I assume your inclination is to say this is a curse because you talk about audio quality a good bit, but consider that I am never displeased with the quality or supposed lack thereof when listening to music. It's not to say I'm immune to a crummy recording, but all things being equal on the recording side, I can listen to an MP3 playing through my normal TV speakers or phone speakers and be pleased as punch. That said, I totally endorse the vinyl hobby because a lot of them look dope as shit. That's fair, and I, I'm, I, you know, I'm probably more with him than I am with Josh. Well, because you're deaf. No, I'm not. I, I don't but mean deaf. I think most people can't tell the difference. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that the qualitative difference is probably minimal, and so the like the main benefit of records is certainly not that. Although, well, hold on, hold, also, on hold, hold on, hold on. I think you're partially right. I think the the difference comes in how you're listening to it. It what, yes. the quality of the speaker. All that stuff makes a difference. It does, and, and which also goes back to the person, like just basically how much you have invested, not just time-wise, but in giving a shit about the equipment that you're listening to stuff through. Like if you're the kind of person who listens to your TV through the, the stock speakers that it came with and you never really notice or care about the difference, then which is what this person sounds like, yeah. or you know, just like $15 earbuds or you know the stock speakers that come in a car. You're like, I don't know, it sounds fine to me. It's because you probably never thought, hey, how can this sound better? And then once you hear that, you go, oh, that's better. And so you sort of ch start chasing that. And that's not a judgment. No, I think a lot of people just don't notice the difference. Well, I will say as somebody who, you know, like I have a hard time discerning, like you, you play me a, a lossless flack file of the same song as, an, as a betterly compressed MP3 file, like not like no low bit rate, you know, like a decent bit rate on the MP3 file. I have a hard time discerning the difference, you know, like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not that much of an audiophile on that side. That said, you put that same song and I put it on a record even without our tube amp solutions that we have and things like that, even with a regular amplifier, it does feel warmer. Yes, there's a deeper, warmer sound. There's a different tone to it that I, I do notice is lost in, in a compressed MP3 file. So. I think there's that, but what, actually what I go for uh, is, is two things, and I, don't, I, don't t I have a hard time narrowing down that warmer thing. I really do. I know what something sounds like when it sounds too digital and cold, and may I guess it's the opposite of that, but I, I don't know because that's such a subjective thing. What I listen for is two things that they kind of go together is dynamics, meaning that you're hearing the highs and the lows, then the lows there is there, you know, like you can hear the bass. Like it's just a, lot, a lot of that is like, if you just listen to the radio, you really can't hear the bass. Right. Like I want to hear the bass as its own instrument. I want to hear, you know, the drums at their own instrument. I want to hear the individual, if there's two guitars, I want to hear the difference between them. And so there's the dynamics of where those sounds hit you which is really the way that I have set up my record player and everything. To, like That's what I want to hear when I hear a good record. And then also the, the sound separation, they would call it. I think a lot of times when we listen to MP3s or even the CDs, you know, when we were growing up, the CDs were in the middle of what they called the loudness wars. And they were just pushing everything as high as possible so they sounded good on the radio, you know, to the point where sounds were almost distorting. You kind of can't really tell all the different parts that go into something. And, and I really like that. My, my, I think my favorite record at this point is In Rainbows by Radiohead. And one of the reasons is you've got a five-piece band, so there are three guitars, or maybe two guitars in the organ, and you can hear every single bit of it without it being muddied at all. And the, the that's, this is where I really ended up going down that rabbit hole, is that I've listened to the MP3 a lot. I tend to listen to it when I'm on planes for whatever reason. And I got home, and I, I bought the record, and I put it on, and I was like, this actually sounds worse than the MP3, which is weird. And then, so I bought like a European version and all of a sudden it sounded like I wanted it to, which is, you know, you can hear all the little parts and that's the thing that I love the most. And I think people don't care about that or know about it. Like I, I used to say forever, like, why would I put an amplifier in my car? I don't want it louder. And it's not that it's louder. It's that it's pushing a more pure signal to the speakers so they don't have to work as hard to get all the sounds out of it that are just there to begin with. And that clarity is really important to me. I would take issue with the idea that most people don't, it's not a matter of they don't, no one care. It's uh, I think people just there's different people take different things from different entertainment yeah. value. The value you find in listening to all different instruments. I mean, most people may not care about that. They just want to hear the song. No, and I, I don't mean care like it's a qual like like it's just not a factor that is important to them. And right. that, that's that's totally yeah. valid. 
Yeah, yeah. Everyone has comes out differently, but I, I do think that most people can't tell the difference. Yes, no, I agree. For various I, reasons, I, I, whether it's their ears or, or, or their, the equipment they're using, I think it's for most people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do another question. David Z, is Donald Sutherland a G-dad? Do we even have to keep talking? Right, let's just finish his email. Let's respect his email. I'll tell you right now, no, but finish his email. I'm this watching Ad Astra, and I've been thinking about this for 18 minutes and 23 seconds. He is the original Hawkeye Pierce, which alone should automatically qualify him for honorable mention. Killing me. Just, you know, it's, it's awful. It's Did like he we, say how long he was thinking about it? Because he wasted time. 18 minutes, 23 seconds. Didn't we raise you enough? I got it. What's this guy's name? David Z. David, I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah, I got to say. And not just for me, but for the good people of the Great White North. You know, like yes. I don't take I don't want to take anything from them. Exactly. I'm not going to walk around saying, "Oh, William Shatner should be on the list." I, who's what, what are we doing here? Are we fucking around? We talking about Martin Short? We're not talking about Martin yeah. Short. I'm not oh. here to talk about Michael J. Fox. Come on, I, come on. He's a jidict. <laughs> he's a jidict. that. He's a he's jidict. a goddamn Canadian treasure for sure. And we agree with that. You say a. We're not allowed to. We, don't, we can't speak for Canada, though. No, no. True. no we, we, Who understands their accents? That's up to them. And, and and may I say that if we gave off that impression that we speak for you, I am I am genuinely sorry. <laughs> Connor, I feel like if we ever did that podcast we talked about, we could do a season on Donald Sutherland. I think yes. I would gladly I would gladly invest in that. He's every time I see him, he is delightful. What's odd to me though is that the example was Ad Astra, and not a great movie. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in it. I have that movie. I never watched it. No, I mean, He's like, very briefly. I saw it. it, but the uh. fact that you made it 18 minutes into that movie. I mean, I watched it, but it was torture. And I like everything about that movie in concept. The last question requires you guys to watch a video. So what we're going to do is read the email, break for you to watch the quick video, and then come back to discuss. I love this so much. I'm, this, is, this is the greatest night of my it, life. It's a four-hour video. Get ready. Awesome. <laughs> It's a, it's a YouTube video uh, from the Q people. Gavin Tia. Let's talk. Oh, Gavin T <laughs> writes and says, this is nothing to do with comics, but I've been thinking of this question since the recent Media Split episode where you listed your favorite Tom Hanks movies. Then I really started thinking about it two weeks ago when you discussed Taylor Swift. This email came in a while ago. Anyways, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Tom Hanks' appearance in Carly Rae Jepsen's video, I Really Like You. All right, so we go watch it now? So we're going to pause and come right back. <laughs> So there's a lot here. Is there? Can I jump out with this? Sure. I did not know this existed until this very moment. And let me Damn. tell you, I'm all in. I have three main thoughts. One, okay. Tom Hanks looks fucking terrific. Well, he, A, he, he, wears he, he looks terrific. Great. It's important to know, too, that this is five years old. But still, but he still looks no, great. He, he would still look great if it was filmed today. Yeah. I, love, I love that he did this. Yes, I do. I love that it all takes place in New York, and it was like that's the great, nice to see, like in the cold, which is awesome. And two, I love that he didn't really try to lip sync very hard. Well, that's the thing; we found the one thing he's not good at. <laughs> it's lip syncing, apparently, because he's really bad at it in this movie. Well, this I think video. There's, the choice there is: hey, it's not like he probably knew the song by heart. He <laughs> like he could he had he had the choice to make like, do I go for it and act like I'm a pop singer, or do I just do it straight? And he went with straight, which is the right choice. Yep. By the way, uh, if you're out there listening, we're going to have this video embedded on our show notes. So if you haven't seen this video and you want to know what we're talking about. Did you introduce it? I don't believe you did before. You I did. did. You didn't Carly Rae Jepsen's okay. I Really Like You video. It's okay. going to be in the show notes. I just think he's up for it, which is great about the good thing about Tom Hanks. Exactly. He's, he's so, up for it. And also what I, what I think is also is that he's not precious. There's not only one, but multiple Forrest Gump references <laughs> throughout this, <laughs> which, you know, like, which I could see, you know, 25 years later going, ah, do we really need both these jokes? But he's like, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll hit the ping pong ball. Like it was. Well, the, I mean, the question is. Why did he do this? Well, I can tell you why. I, I looked it up before the show. I, well, I was going to say, like, I know, like, it's not like they met his quote. They didn't pay him 25 mil for this. So <laughs> it's the most expensive music video of all time, surpassing uh, Thriller. <laughs> yeah. So as these things go in Hollywood, he was having dinner with her manager, who was a famous music manager, Scooter Braun. Scooter was telling him the pitch for this video they were going to shoot, and they were going to get some famous actor to do it. And Tom was like, well, why don't you guys ever ask me to do this stuff? And that's so, awesome. And he was like, "Well, okay." So that's how it happened. Mm. Just over dinner. Mm, that's that's nice. how it happens. That's how it happens. Tom Hanks is the really attractive woman at the bar that everyone's afraid to ask out. Who, when you is ask it, out, will go out with you most likely. 
Right. Just, just, I, I, I always tell, I always, I, I, what am I, Marty, what am I always telling you? <laughs> um, I, I always say this at work. I was like, you don't know until you ask. Right. Right. He does, say, he does say that all the time. I confirm that. that. Where someone like me is like, oh, I don't want to bother. Listen, anyone, it was, it, it was delightful. I, I thought two things. I thought 30 seconds in, I was like, okay, I get it. Cause I, what I was initially thinking was, please make this music stop. I had a bit of that because I hate pop music. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen. I hate it, and I want it to stop. And then after a little bit, I stopped listening to the music, and I just watched Hanks, and I was like, this is okay. And then I thought, you're really kind of underselling the music with him here. Like, <laughs> like you're, it's two completely different audiences, I feel like. Like, but you're either watching well, no, for Hanks no, or you're is, listening this, for music, and no, if you watch is, one, you might not want the other. I don't know, is, though. This is Christopher Walken in a Fatboy Slim video. Different yep. times. Still, no, still is. It still is. Still is. No, I, 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 that, I think that video Walken up, was a college video, boy hipster thing. That video blew so up in mainstream. Slim. That video blew up in what mainstream. Yeah. That, that, that video had arguably made Fatboy Slim a, 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 a mainstream yes. uh, for however brief it was. Whatever. I couldn't artist. pick Fatboy Slim out of it. I don't even know if it's a you person. Couldn't, you didn't like. anyway. You didn't no, know. I he, know. I know. Actually, fun, fun trivia fact about Fatboy Slim. He was the bassist in the Britpop band The House Martins in the 80s. So Fatboy Slim is a, is a, is a he? Yeah. Not a them? It's, it's, a, a, it's, he, it's yes. one guy. It's a guy. Yeah, it's one guy. Okay. He's in the other video that got that popular. I don't. I don't. I don't. He's in, he actually is in that one. It's fine. If you look at the comments on YouTube, like it's all... People very excited about Tom Hanks being in a Carly Rae Jepsen video. So I don't. Know you know what? what? I, I don't even know. I, I I can't even speak to it. I just I don't know. Tom Hanks' love is universal, Josh. He, everyone knows that he's a G-Dat. He's the urge G-Dat. He's the chairman of the G-Dat board. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. I, lo- I I feel enlightened. I didn't know that existed. So that's. I cool. didn't either. I, when I saw the email come in, I was like, "What is this? What?" And then I. Who wrote that to us again? Gavin T. I really like you, Gavin T. <laughs> Thanks to Gavin, David. And Andrew, even if David needs to get an atlas, uh, atlas is still a thing. I mean, it, it, citizenship rolls something. Just look at IMDb. So there you go. You can write us in at contact at ifanboy.com if you want to get an email on the show. We, we like doing these sh- emails on the media split. So if you're so going to write to us and say that Ryan Reynolds should be a GDAT, I need you to check yourself right now. <laughs> can't. I'm so. I just. I just, just can't have it. I can't. I can't have it. All right. So this, as we mentioned, this is the last. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? When when I read that letter. You would slow crank the camera, and I took a drag on my cigarette. Yep, exactly. Like, yeah. like the bar with De Niro. <laughs> and uh, by the way, uh, Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, winter. No, it was it was like Christmas. The whole the whole thing happened at the Christmas party, and then after the and then after the Christmas party, the whole Latanza thing happened in December, and then oh, the, listen, we yeah. did a whole yeah, show yeah, on no, this no, guys. But that's a, whole a that's show movie it. that takes place at Christmas time. That that breaks your rule. Yeah. Well, no, it's a, it, it takes place at Christmas time. Right. It's not a Christmas but it, movie. But, but it's it is a movie, movie I'll watch during Christmas because I have the time, but it is not a Christmas movie. Even though Karen, he got the biggest one they had. That's it. That takes place at a different time than the Christmas party, though. Because. Oh well, Christmas party is still a Christmas oh time. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I mean, that scene, like, there's two, at least two different Christmases. Isn't no, there? there's, one, there's one Christmas. So he gets the tree and the new place. Get, he, the same. So they, they do the Latanza. They, they do the Latanza heist. He gets uh, all that money. Yeah, that's why he's got the big tree because he got the Latanza. He gets money. the big tree. Right. You, okay. It, yeah. 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 So what happens is they they do the Latanza heist. They have the Christmas party. He gets handed his cut, and he goes, "Don't go, don't go spend, don't go make right, a big purchase." And then the next shot is, "I got the biggest one they had." All right. And then mm-hmm. he goes, and then he goes, and happy and they, Hanukkah. And then they kill stacks. Yeah, buying a Christmas tree is not like gonna trigger a red flag like buying a pink Cadillac is. Right, it, but it's you in know? her mother's name. But still, the even tree? the and even the biggest, yeah, the tree. They only buy the trees in their mom's names. <laughs> Which is the mom is Jewish, so that's definitely. I, I love that's that a red car. flag right there. The FBI I, is going to see that. I love that. Actually, car. 1960, <laughs> the FBI wasn't on them. All right, so uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, was, this is our 78. last media. Sh- that was 78. Oh my God! We have to end the show. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little out of practice with that. Do you not remember the year of our life spent analyzing that movie minute by minute? It's possible that doing that knocked it out of my head. (laughs) Seventy-eight, man. Come on. Really? For some reason, I was thinking that was yeah. That makes sense. That's fine. I agree. I'm not arguing with you. I just know my favorite part of the Latanza high scene uh, and all that is when he's in the shower and he hears about it on the on the radio. Ten ten wins. Right there with you. 
Because no, I was like, when he says it, I'm gonna say when he slaps the wall and the shots so going much, down. It's not so much when he slaps the wall, and Connor will know this. It's the it's the true to New York yes. news bulletin telephone music. Yeah, the ten ten wins six million, five million, seven million. No one really knows how much was stolen from. I used to, I used to, Lindsay and I used to always say a joke when that came on in the car, would we'd be the one guy with his finger doing the music. Like, and there would be a guy who was doing that live in the studio every time. December 11th. That's a, that's an airplane joke. That's a Zucker Brothers joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it is, but that it is, you know, like yeah. the, the, the camera pans and there's a guy in front of the xylophones doing it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh. There's a Python, there's the cheese shop sketch is that as, as he's getting madder, madder that there's no cheese and you hear this music that you kind of forget about. And then at one point he, tr- he turns around and screams at this little mariachi band. Will you knock it off? They're like, oh, and yeah. I, non-diegetic music sounds jokes are my on favorite. that topic. Where, I forget, oh, my where God. You, caught, here we go. We got him. Where did you guys where do you guys net out on the use of the Imperial March and Solo? Was that good or bad? I don't remember. I knocked all of that movie out of my brain. When he goes to you probably watch on Disney Plus. When he goes to sign, uh, true. Constantly. When he when he goes to sign up for the Imperial Navy at the recruitment station, they're playing the Imperial March. No, that's terrible. Right, it's horrible. That that's should all, not. That's that, that happened. About that scene is terrible. Yes, yeah. That right. happened. That happened. Wow. I don't remember that. I mean, all I remember from that is that when they get he got his name, and I thought that's the worst thing because the fact is the fact that he had been in the Imperial Navy was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. They should have just played that straight. It's it's really well, he was it's he was that was in his backstory in the books. Uh, you know, the non license yeah. that was his thing. No, I know, but so the, but they made it all gaggy instead, and I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, um, Lufthansa was December eleventh, nineteen seventy eight. So pretty much nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, but I was, was around for that, and and it's right like before. Yeah, mayor. you were one years old. No, yeah. but I was in the and I was in the I was he was Island. in the airport. He was oh. at Idlewild. I listen. I don't. And it I was Kennedy. It's called Kennedy at that time. That's true. It was. I have. I have no. I have an alibi. I have nothing to do with it. I, what What do you think is the? Well, they know who did this. I mean, they know who, but they don't know who do it. They know who they think did it. You know what's great about uh, this is I can just hit the stop record button, and that the show will be over. I was going to say, what is a greater mystery, uh, the Latanza heist or or Zodiac? Who was the head of the? I'm pretty sure Zodiac. Zodiac. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Who's the head of Lucchese's at that point? I think Lucchese. No, Lucchese was long gone. Let's see, Lucchese crime family. It was Johnny Roast Beef. Historical leadership. Uh, so '78 would have been oh uh, Tony Ducks. Tony oh Tony Duck Tony Ducks Karachi. Anthony, Anthony Carallo. 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 So. That's right, because that would have been Paul Varius. Okay, go on. Yeah. Why don't we end the show? All right. I mean, we really, that was the most we've gone off the rails in years. Oh, but it was fun. It was yeah, great. It was I needed fun. that. Yeah. Like we said, this is our last Media Explode of the year. So we'll be back into January for uh, another episode of Media Explode. But in December, you'll have the All Media Year in Spectacular, which is our triple sized edition of this show, in which we talk about, well, we've got to figure that out. But the, the TV and the Music and all the stuff we like that wasn't comics related that also wasn't movies because there were no movies. Well, we got to make picks now. We got to really narrow it down. So you can look for that in December. You can, of course, listen to our weekly Pick of the Week show, which Josh and I talk about the week's comics. You can listen to the bi monthly Talk Explode and Booksplode show. You can listen to Ron on All About Android. And uh, we'll be back uh, next year with another edition of Media Explode. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. Take it back. I don't care where you got it. I don't care what you do. Take it, take back. it back. Oh, God, I love, I love that movie. What are you so stupid? Much. It might be time to. Re- I haven't watched it in in ages because I watched of us. it a couple of months ago. Oh, that's so good. What so are you good. stupid? And then last year we saw it in the theater around this time, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you stupid? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Yeah.